Glad to know that he'll more than supply. Thank you. Appreciate it. Turn around, look at your neighbor. This is for you, Jeannie, the introvert. <laughs> All right, let's give her a big hand. Don't you appreciate her? I'm excited about what God is doing and in the process of doing. How many of you have ever gone through a process before? Matter of fact, some years ago, I preached a message called The Processor. And there's one thing that I found out is when you go through a process, you have to have patience until the process is over. How many of you ever got halfway through something and then stopped? before you know you ever got through with it i remember i <clears throat> my dad sent me to the barber shop to get a haircut he told me to get a flat top because i sweat profusely and during the summer months he'd always have me get a flat top i don't know it, what is it baby you come here okay <laughs> those of you watching this is what happens when you get married <laughs> I don't know what that was about. I'm sure she'll let me know after service. <laughs> Whatever it was. Now I got to start all over. No, okay, so I was, uh, I was at a barber shop, and Dad had instructed me to get a flat top. And again, I don't know whether it was because he liked to rub my head or he wanted to save money because it'd take a while. But anyway, I was sitting in that barber shop chair and he was I was going through the process but I had told the barber I wanted a regular boy's haircut dad wasn't around I sat in that chair in defiance and the more time passed by the more nervous I got the process I'm not even preaching that today and I looked up at that barber and I said, is there any way you could turn this into a flat top? <laughs> He'd spent all that time. He did. I don't think he appreciated it, though. I think I had some red marks on my head when he got done with me. <laughs> don't, don't abandon the process. This morning, I want to preach to you on this topic. If you would say this with me, I won't make you look at anybody. Just say this with me. Good morning, Joy. Oh, I want to preach to you for just a little while today on good morning, Joy. When you journey through life, you're going to go through things when you have to learn to let go of disappointments, bitter feelings, and fear of failure. Anybody had any of those? Had any disappointments in your life? Had any failures in your life? Any bitter feelings? Those things are like, I don't know if you've ever messed with flypaper before, but if you ever get tied up with flypaper, man, it is hard to get it off of you because, you know, you, you grab it with one hand trying to sling it off and it hangs to that and it just like, the more you fool with it, the stickier it gets. And the devil knows how to attack us. If, if you're not bothered with... Uh, people calling you names, you're not going to have to worry about anybody calling you names because he doesn't attack at your strong points, he'll attack at your weak points. But you have to understand, he came for this cause to steal, kill, and destroy. So the scripture tells us we're not ignorant of his devices. We, we have to learn how to let go of those things. Everybody say, just let go. If you allow these things to get a hold of you, not only will you find yourself living a life of apprehension, you're going to find yourself living a life without joy. And Paul understood this. That's why he, he tells them in Acts 20, Paul's on his way to Jerusalem. Everybody keeps trying to tell him, don't go there. And, and even the word of God had come to him and said, you're, you're going to be arrested if you go there. And Paul makes a statement to him in Acts 20, 24. He said, but none of these things move me. 
Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Everybody say joy. The word joy there means cheerfulness or calm delight. You don't have trouble seeing people excited, right? Have you ever seen anybody excited around Christmas time? You ever try, you ever be on a long trip and you got kids in the back? Are we there yet? I just took a trip to Lynch and had a bunch of kids in the back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they, they, you know, are, 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 are you there? Are you? And so there's that, that excitement. But I thought about that joy is calm delight. Think about this. It's eating a hot fudge sundae and taking time to enjoy it. Debbie and I traveled for so many years that we have to remind each other, slow down. You don't have to eat in a hurry. Enjoy each bite of it. And God is my witness. I think sometimes in our walk with him, we get in such a hurry that we're not enjoying the journey. There's a calm delight that comes in serving God. Now, keep in mind when Paul speaks this, Paul speaks this knowing full well what's facing him. But he has a calm delight in what he's going to face. He said, don't you, don't you understand? I'm not just willing to be arrested. I'm willing to give my life for the cause of Christ. This calm delight that settles over you. Have you ever had someone try and make you mad? And the more they tried to make you mad, you, you smile at them, and it drives them nuts. You, and, and, and then they, and you know, it's like, oh, God. And, and as a matter of fact, the longer you refuse to get mad, the madder they become because they can't get to you. Somebody say amen. amen. Don't let it get to you. Some folks are like, have you ever seen a firecracker that's been around for a very, very long time? You know what I'm talking about? When you light the fuse, most firecrackers, if they've got it, and I'm saying this because we just went through the 4th of July, but most firecrackers, when they're new, if you light the fuse, you get this boom at the end but a firecracker that's been around for a really long time man that gunpowder's gotten unstable on that fuse you light it and it's <gasps> i mean it'll just it'll just blow i was you know as a kid i used to experiment with firecrackers scientific research i was doing take a piece of gum find out how many people it'll stick to I remember one time I'd, I'd wrap gum around a firecracker and I was lighting it. And I hit one of those old fuses. I barely got it. I, I barely let go of it. It was still here in my hand, but I wasn't pinching it. I had gum all over me. <laughs> what are you doing? Because I, I, I wasn't, I was trying to let go but I couldn't let go quick enough anybody ever been there <laughs> you know you, you're trying to let go of something but you're not doing it quite fast enough oh I'm going to get around to it but by the time you get around to it it's a mess and so Paul's telling them Paul had learned to embrace joy and shake everything else off somebody say just just shake it off when you think about his story, let me share his story with you. When you think about Paul's story, he goes to Jerusalem. He gets arrested just like the Spirit testified would happen. And after he gets arrested, Felix is going to deliver him over to the Jews, and he's going to be put to death. So Paul makes an appeal to Caesar. When he appeals to Caesar because he's a Roman citizen, they have no choice but to send him to Rome. And so they deliver him into the com a commander's hands by the name of Julius. And he takes Paul and he begins to sail toward Italy. As they're going toward Italy, they stop off and they, they're sailing around these coasts and they stop at a couple of them and time starts progressing and going on and 
and they're really struggling to sail because the weather's starting to change. Winds are beginning to get adversarial to them and they're trying to get there and they finally land at a place called Fair Havens. The problem is, is that's not a good place to spend winter. It's kind of like, you know, how many of you want to spend winter in Minnesota? Oh no, let, let's try and make it down to Florida, you know? And so that's really what's kind of going on. And, and Paul warns them. He said, man, he said, I'm telling you that I perceive that this journey is going to be disastrous. Not just in peril of the ship, but in the loss of our lives. He tells them not to go, but how many of you have ever wanted something so bad you didn't care what anybody said? Nobody's volunteering on that one. How many of you really, really enjoy food that is bad for you? I do not know who came up with the idea of frying Twinkies. I just know better than to try one. Because if me and that Twinkie hit it off, I'm going to have a hard time letting go of it. And so there's some things that are better left untouched. But sometimes you want something so bad that Whopper is calling your name. After all, I mean, you only live once, so why not have it with a Big Mac? You know what I'm talking about? It's just, you know, just these things. And I, I may not be hitting your food, but if, you know, you like fried catfish, don't grimace at me if I eat a Big Mac. Because neither one of them are good for you. I always love that. Well, I, the fish is good for you. Not when it spent 30 minutes in Crisco. <laughs> And so, we, you know, we, we, we've got that that we, we like, and it's hard to let go of. And so we end up in a dilemma. And Paul has warned them, but this captain, Julius, wants to get out of there, and all the guys do, because that's not a good, fair havens. It's not conducive to winter. And they want to get on further down the road, and so they take off in that ship. And it's not long. It started out okay. They got a south wind, a calm south wind blowing, and they thought, hey, we can do this. And how many of you have ever went from calm to chaos in a moment? And man, they start sailing, and all of a sudden, they get trapped in what they call the northeaster. These hurricane force winds come in, and it's threatening to tear this ship apart. It's driving them so hard, they throw the anchors out trying to slow that ship down. And, man, it got dark, and they they, they don't see light. And after a while, they just give up all hope of even being saved or or their lives being rescued. And and they, they give themselves over. They resolve themselves to destruction. Let me tell you something. Don't you ever give up. Don't you ever give in. You keep holding on to God. Now, you mark my word, your deliverance or your victory most likely is not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen, but God will cause it to happen. You don't get to dictate the precepts of it. You don't get to lay out your own path. But if you'll trust his hand, if you, I love that song, Eddie. If you'll open your hand up and release what's ever in your hand to his hand, you'll find out he's able to do a lot more with it than you can. And so that finally Paul steps up. Everybody's given up hope and Paul steps up. These men all think that we're dead. It's, it's over. Paul steps forward and he said, have you ever been tempted to say, I told you so? But we're all Christian folks, so we don't do that. So Paul stepped forward and said, I told you. So. He made a statement. He said, you should have listened to me. And you wouldn't have been in the mess we're in now if you'd have listened to me. I don't know how long he reminisced over that with him. That we're, the scripture just gives it one line, but it just struck me that Paul wanted to make sure he got it in. 
He said, if you'd listen to me, we wouldn't be in this situation. He said, but I want you to, now watch this, because rebuke is no good without encouragement. How many of you ever been rebuked before? You know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one in this house? I'm talking, you know, your parents, how many of your parents rebuked you? It was usually with a belt. (laughs) Mom used a switch. But if that's the only light you ever saw your parents in, see, my dad didn't just whip me with a belt. He loved me with his hand. He, he rubbed my head. When dad rubbed my head, it made me feel like I was 10 feet tall because it was his way of communicating love. And so God has a way of correcting us and loving us at the same time. And what Paul does is he corrects them, but then he encourages them. He said, I want you to take courage. He said, because an angel of the God I serve stood by me this night, and he told me it's going to be okay. (laughs) You've got to appear before Caesar, and God's granted you all the men's lives that are with you, Paul. It's going to be okay. And Paul looked at him, and he said, so I want you to be encouraged because I believe it's going to happen just like God said it's going to happen. You know what happened right after that? Some of the crewmen on that boat went to the front of that ship and they started acting like they were going to let some anchors down and what they were really doing was trying to get the lifeboat down so they could get off that ship they were scared to death and Paul saw them and he went to the commander and he said if they don't stay on the ship you can't be saved You know what the commander did? He'd already messed up by not listening to Paul one time. He told those soldiers, you go up there and you cut those ropes off and let that lifeboat drift off into the sea. I've tried it man's way. Now I'm going to do it God's way. I've tried it on my own and that didn't work out. So now I'm going to listen to God. So all of a sudden, man, they, Paul encourages them to get something to eat. When daylight comes, they, they, the, the wind is still fierce and driving them, but they see an island. And Paul had told them that they would have to be uh, on an island, that they would end up on an, uh, on an island and the ship would be lost. They begin to try and make that ship towards shore. And when they did, they stuck the bow of that ship into the ground they they run it aground and the back end of that ship the stern just started whipping back and forth and it started tearing that boat apart they wanted to kill the prisoners but the commander wouldn't let them because paul was one of those prisoners and he said now those of you that can swim swim to shore everybody else grab a plank, grab something, and make your way to shore. And everyone made it to shore safe. How many of you just want to get there safe? You know what I'm talking about? You know, cars mean very little to you when after you're in an accident and it's been bad, you become just thankful to be walking away from it safe. Cars can be replaced and houses can be repaired, but when it comes, you want to make it home safe. And so they get on shore, and I thought about this, and Paul, you know, everything that Paul said happened, and then look what Paul faces. When they get to the shore, all of a sudden, This is found in Acts 28, 1 to 6. It said, once we were safe on shore, this is Luke, the physician writing. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people on the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. Have you ever had a day like that? Have you ever had a day when you felt like, well, nothing else could go wrong? I mean, think about this. He's just on a ship 
that just got ripped apart, he swims or paddles or however he gets to shore, he gets to shore and he did not show up dry. You're not going to get through life without some storm, folks. So you might as well quit. (laughs) When you were a kid, did you ever have some of those kids around that were going, oh, I can't get wet. Mom said, I can't get wet. You can't. You know, you're out there in a water balloon fight and they show up. If you don't want to get wet, don't show up. You're not going to get through the journey without getting wet. If it's storming outside... Stay in. Amen. It was a big cloud burst. I said, Dad, can I go outside? What? Let me go outside. He said, yeah, go ahead and take a bar of soap with you. <laughs> I was at my grandma's house. They didn't have running water. <laughs> I'd, I'd played hard all day. I probably stank a little bit. I said, take a bar of soap with me. And I grabbed some soap, went out there. It's pouring down rain. I always sing in the shower. (laughs) Going through soap and everything up in the rain quit. What's your point? Enjoy it while you can because it's not going to last forever. (laughs) I'm telling you the storms in your life will not last forever. Don't let the storms keep you inside. Say good morning, Joy, and take a step out into it. I'm not worried about staying out of the rain. I want to learn how to dance in the rain. We are so concerned about trying to create buffer zones in our life, and yet it's those trials and those tests that God uses to form and make us and shape us. And literally, those tests in our life are often what bring other people to God. Because they see you navigate the storm and they think, how come that's not taking them out? How can they still have a smile on their face? How can they still have a song in their heart? Because I've got somebody else living in there. Got to learn to shake it off. So Viper bites him. Ah. All these, he'd saved all these people's lives. He, the word of God came to him and he said, this is what's going to happen. Everybody else that sees the viper goes nuts. <sighs> He's a murderer. But how many of you as a kid, when you did, I, I'll never forget, I was, how many of you ever jumped a ramp with your bike when you were a kid? Any of you ever do that? I did that one time, man, I set this ramp up. I didn't set it up right. <laughs> I set this ramp up, and what I did was when I went up the ramp, I had too much board on the other side of it. So when I went up the ramp, the bike goes up the ramp, but the board went like this. So I I had all these tires stacked up. The board tips. My wheel gets tied up. Man, I, I went flying off that bike. The bike came over on top of me. I went rolling. Some lady I didn't even know was across the street. She saw that happen and came and chewed me out. She walked across the street. What's wrong with you? I'm thinking, lady, who are you, man? It scared her worse than it did me. I'm the one that's on the bike. Everybody else is going nuts, man. They see that snake hanging from Paul's hand. Oh, he's got to be a murderer. He's got to, and Paul just shakes it off. You don't read anywhere where Paul began to, oh, God, what am I going to do? He just shook it off. When you know who you're serving and you understand that he's bigger than your problems, you're not going to let those things upset you either. You're going to learn how to shake it off. Everybody turn at your neighbor and say, just shake it off. Just shake it off. I can't help it. Every time I think of that, I think about shake, shake, shake. <laughs> just, just shake it off. Just, just get rid of it. Just quit allowing it. You have to learn to shake it off. When we were kids, if we fell off the bike, when I, when I fell off that bike, what do you think I did? I got up and I looked at that bike and said, I ain't never going to ride you again. 
No, I picked that bike up and got back on it. I didn't jump like that again, but I got back on that bike. You can't let something throw you. And in professional sports, if you strike out, you have to learn how to shake that off and not get in your spirit and in your mind. Because if you do, you'll be afraid to take the plate. Babe Ruth held the record for years of the greatest number of home runs. But what a lot of people aren't aware of is he also held the greatest number of strikeouts. You're not going to make it through without having some misses. There are going to be some times when you swing and you don't connect. You can't let that keep you from taking the plate. Amen. Because when you do connect, it makes everybody happy. <laughs> you got to make up your mind that, devil, you may have knocked me down, but I ain't out. I'm getting back up. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So what you meant to take me out has only resolved my, thank you, tenacity. Does that make sense? <laughs> You've got to make up your mind to shake it off. Everybody say it with me. Shake it off. You ever been on a basketball court and see somebody get a fast break and they take the ball, they got the ball, and they, and they lose control of it on the way down? <laughs> Kick it out of bounds with their own feet. That smile left their face, but if they let that get in their head, they're not going to be any good the rest of the game. I know guys get on a fast break. You, you guys remember Judge. Judge got on a fast break one time. He told me, he said, Uncle Rick, he said, there was nothing but court in front of me. He said, I was running. He said, I grabbed that ball, jumped up for a slam dunk, and I didn't get high enough. <laughs> he got rejected, by, not by another player, but by the goal itself. <laughs> and so... When everybody's cheering for you one moment, they can be booing you the next. Just ask Jesus. One moment they're hailing him, the son of David. Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And one week later, they're yelling, crucify him away with him. So you can't put your focus on people because people are fickle. How many of you have ever tried to communicate with your spouse what you're going to have for lunch? Anything you want. Well, let's go have chicken. No, I don't feel like chicken. <laughs> well, what do you want? Anything. It doesn't matter to me. Just anything. I said, well, okay, well, let's have barbecue. No, I don't want barbecue. I... Well, what do you want? I don't care. Just pick a place. I can tell you what you're having today. You're having fried chicken and barbecue. And you're going to like it. No. <laughs> so, so sometimes I just, I, honestly, I, is it okay if I share this? Sometimes, I, sometimes I'll just stop the car and I'll say, okay, baby, pick. I'm not driving. Pick. Most of the time what I'm doing is I'm driving by, and when she does that, when she tells me she can't make up her mind, I'll start naming every restaurant in sight. There's Wendy's. You want to go there? No. Okay. There's Popeye's. So how, about, how about Kentucky Fried Chicken? Oh, there's Taco Bell. Let's ring the bell. You want to ring the bell? And she, I don't want to. And all of a sudden, and, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, she'll find, okay, let's go here. You sure? No, I ain't about to ask that. <laughs> so we just go because sometimes we have trouble just trying to make up our mind what it is we really want. Isn't it odd we'll ask God for things, and then sometimes when God gives, us to, gives it to us, that's not what we wanted at all. How many of you prayed for a car and then prayed to get rid of it? <laughs> So you, you've got to learn how to let it go and shake it off. Somebody say, just shake it off. Do you know that getting up to speak publicly, the fear of that is related to 
the, I, I think in a, a survey that they said that that rated higher than the fear of dying, peaking, speaking publicly. Because I just, you know, getting up in front of people and, you know, you don't know what I go through every Sunday just to get up here. <laughs> Debbie's in the back going, come on, honey, it'll be okay. <laughs> Did you not pray for me today before I came out here? She prayed for me to get out here. <laughs> no, not for that. But you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it can be, it can be frightening. It, it can, what energizes some people scares the death out of others. So don't judge somebody according to what you're fearful of. And don't judge someone that's fearful according to what doesn't bother you. But understand that God made us individually, and he has what we need to be able to make it through. Amen. You can't let these things get a hold of you. You've got to learn to shake them off. Would you say it with me one more time? Shake them off. Let me, I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end this part of the message with this, but I'm going to continue preaching. I know you're excited about that. Social media has become one of the biggest bullying pulpits that this world has ever seen. And young people, and not just young people, but all ages of people have been hurt because someone decided to get on there and just begin to spew. I always, I, I always felt like this. If, you're going to, if I'm going to say something to you, I'll say it to your face. You're not going to have to worry about me writing it someplace and posting it. Because it becomes a faceless way to attack. And I'm telling you, you have to learn how to shake it off. Amen. I'm not going to ask you how many of you have ever had somebody post something negative about you on Facebook. But let me tell you about one young lady that her classmates started posting negatively about her. And she never learned about shaking it off. She never read that scripture. She, she never understood that you could just shake it off. Amen. Why would you believe that? Why would you let what somebody said about you begin to influence you to the point that you would take your own life? But that's what she did. They bullied her. They posted about her. And she ended up ending her life because she couldn't take it. I'm telling you, none of us can take it alone, but we are not alone. If we can learn, if we can learn that we don't have, the Bible says in Psalms, weeping may endure for a night, but joy, joy cometh in the morning. If you let Jesus into your midnight hour, you're going to find out that he can turn your midnight into a noonday sun. If you'll just trust him, release yourself into his hand. We have to look to him. We've got the, the writer of Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for what? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand at the throne of God. What's it saying? He didn't want to go through it. He said, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. But he looked at the joy that was before him. He understood, if I walk this road, there are going to be countless people that are rescued from sin. And for that joy, he endured the shame of it. He endured the pain of it. And he rescued us. Shake it off. Learn how to greet joy and embrace it. New girl came into Sunday school class. She was eight to ten years old. Teacher greeted her and 
said, what's your name? The little girl never looked up. She just kept her head down and she said, my name is Joy. The teacher smiled real big and said, well, good morning, Joy. We're glad you're here today. She said that Joy sat quietly in that classroom. She couldn't get her to interact. She didn't look at any of the other kids. She just kept her head down. She thought, I wish there was a way that I could reach this girl. Said toward the end of the lesson, she said, I, the teacher said, I started talking about heaven and how happy we would be there and the joy that would be in heaven. And she said, all of a sudden, I noticed this, the little girl perked up. She started talking. She said, when I started talking about heaven, her ears perked up, her eyes widened, and she listened. Said I could tell by the expression on her face that she was intrigued with heaven. And finally, the little girl raised her hand and the teacher said, what, yeah, what is it, Joy? She looked at the teacher and she said, is heaven a place for little girls like me? And the teacher said, well, yes, Joy. Heaven is made just for you said a big smile broke out on her face and her demeanor changed. You know what that little girl realized? That little girl realized that somebody loved her, that somebody cared for her, that somebody had gone to prepare a place for her with her in mind that she was not a mistake. She was not an outcast. She was not an afterthought and joy began to change. And all of a sudden that teacher realized that everybody needs joy. Everybody wants joy. And when you get that in your heart, then what you can do is you can understand understand and recognize that when I let Jesus into my heart, I, I can have a little bit of joy right here on earth because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Would you stand with me today? I don't know what you're facing, but I can tell you this, you do not have to face it alone. I don't know what you're carrying. I can tell you this, you don't have to carry it another step. You can choose today to say good morning, joy, and shake it off. How about it? Are you ready? That's the way I want to end the service today. I know we've got a picnic right after this. And You'll go immediately to the Life Center, and I'm, only, I'm the only thing between you and fried chicken right now. But this is important. I want you to get this. I've met people, I traveled for years, and I would run into Christian folk that looked like they'd lost their best friend. When I was working that job, before I quit, one of the things that finally convinced me to quit was I kept hearing God speak to me while I was working in that factory saying, why are you still here? My people need to know they're winners and not losers. It didn't dawn on me how many people that serve God feel like a loser feel like that they don't count and they don't matter. And I'm here to tell you that you matter more than you'll ever know. You matter so much that he decided he'd rather die for you than to live without you. Amen. Pastor, this life is so short. This one is, but I'm living on. I mean, I plan to live forever. Amen. And I can tell you where my home's at because he's preparing it for me right now. Amen. That doesn't mean you have to wait till you get to heaven to experience joy. It means that what you need to do is shake off what's ever trying to pull you down and raise your hands and say from here on out 
I got my eyes on you, Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Don't look to me. There'll be a day you'll come in here and I'll preach something you don't like. Somebody said, yeah, that was today. (laughs) There'll be a time when you won't agree with your spouse, when you get sideways with family. But you're not supposed to have your focus on them. If you focus on him, he'll get you straight with family. If you learn how to focus on him, he'll take care of all those things that keep trying to hold on to you. Debbie was at a house she was staying in and all of a sudden it was, I can't remember how this happened. I just remember she said she felt something fall in her hair and she started thrashing around and turned out it was a brown recluse spider. She is very thankful today she decided to shake it off. Some of us let stuff fall on us and we just let it sit there. We don't shake it off. We just carry it around. After a while, that rascal's going to bite you. When it bit Paul, (laughs) shook it off and said, you don't belong on me. What you're trying to put inside of me, I'm immune from. Because I've had a transfusion. I got the blood of the lamb flowing through my veins. So today, I want you to come forward as a family today. And as you come forward, go like this, because I'm hot. (laughs) Step forward with me. Step forward. What are you doing? What are you? This is another one of those things that make people uncomfortable. I want you to recognize a couple of things today. One is you're not alone. You may feel alone at times, but you're not alone. You've got a whole big family that loves you and cares about you. Jeannie was talking about that if you're a guest here, you probably got hugged. If you didn't, stay away from my wife because she will flat put one on you before you get out of this building. Kat talked about the first time Debbie hugged her. I think it threw her into shock. But now most folks that know her come looking for those hugs because they know she loves them. My, I wish you could grasp that, and I know you are grasping how much God loves you, how much he earnestly cares about you. So let him hold you. Let him hug you. But what we're going to do right now is I want you to take your hands and spread them out just a little bit. No, don't take each other by the hand. Just take your hands out, spread them out just a little bit. And I want you to get ready to do this. Make sure you can do this. I want you to say this with me. Devil, whatever you've been trying to put on me, in the name of Jesus, I'm shaking it off right now. Come on, I'm shaking it off right now. I'm gonna get rid of it. It's not gonna hold me back. It's not gonna hold me down. And I'm getting ready to say joy. Good morning. I'm gonna wake up with joy. I'm gonna walk with joy. I'm gonna let joy tuck me in bed at night. I'm going to live in the joy of the Lord. No matter what I'm facing, No matter what I'm going through, no matter what enemy stands before me, I will declare the goodness of God and the joy of our Lord. It's Amber, right? Can I I bring you up here just a second? Amber, this past week, Amanda, I'm sorry. Why did you, did you tell me her name was Amber? No, I'm kidding. 
Amanda this past week lost her father suddenly. But she began to tell me about her dad and what a kind man he was. And, and I told her, I said, Amanda, I said, you've been given a great gift because you'll have that your whole life. But when I looked up, I, did, I, did, I really didn't expect her here today. But I looked up and she's here. And I know why she's here, because she knows where daddy's at. <laughs> and so she's got, she's got a lot to look forward to. Amen. Would you stretch your hand toward her right now? We're going to pray for her. Father, I thank you so much for Amanda. I just ask you, Lord, to smile on her today and hold her. And God, let joy flood over her. Lord, not joy from circumstances, but the joy of the Lord. That's our strength. God, you've never had a bad day. Hold her close to you now. I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. I want you, if you would, now, now you can take each other by the hand because you shook some stuff off. Now turn around and look at you. I know this is one of those spots again. Are you ready? Look at the person to your left. Look at the person to your right and say, let me introduce myself to you. I don't know whether or not we formally met, but my name is Joy. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I get joy when I think about how he set me free. If I knew that song, I'd sing it right now. Come on. you to think about what he's done for you he woke you up this morning yeah. you're breathing I mean, that's great, but I'm going to say some other stuff. Okay. Let's not turn it into a song, honey. <laughs> so, isn't it feel good to laugh a little bit? The Bible said that a merry heart doeth good like what? Like a medicine. Turn around, look at your neighbor and laugh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You're not laughing at them. What you're doing is you're just letting them know, I got some joy up in here. So the song said, I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. Here's the key. Quit allowing the devil to get you to focus on what you don't have and start focusing on what you do have. Let me, let me share this and we're going to pray together. You need to get this because there's a lot of people right now across this world that would give everything they had if they could trade places with you. If they could trade places, they would gladly embrace your turmoil because their eye isn't on your turmoil their eye is on your blessing. <laughs> so let's keep our eye on our blessing too. Amen. As you grab their hands, say it with me. I got some joy up in here. I got some joy up in here.
I raise your hands together and say, joy coming in the morning. Joy coming in the evening. Joy coming right now in Jesus' name. Make sure you share some joy with everybody. I'm going to see you over there. We're going to pray for the food here. So when you get there, you can start eating. Just let them know we prayed over here. Okay? And I look, man, I'm telling you, I'm so excited about where God is taking us. Because this, this is not a cliche. You haven't seen anything yet. You have not seen anything yet. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. God, thank you for your spirit, for your love. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I pray your blessing over each one in here today. Remind them that they're your child, that you've made them the head and not the tail, that you've caused them to rise above and not fall beneath, that you bless them going out and coming in. And no matter what the devil throws at them, they're going to shake it off and say good morning to joy every day of their life in Jesus' name. God bless you today. We ask you, Father, to bless the food to the nourishment of our body and bless our time of fellowship together in Jesus' name. Just no reason. 